Welcome to As Seen on Internet, Episode 2, the show that brings you the tech news you need to know, as well as the best internet we can find. I'm your host, Ben Foster, and with me is... Amit Wadera. And coming up on today's show, we unearth a treasure trove of Facebook training documents. We talk about YouTube's move against branded sponsor videos, and we'll look at how priests are using hashtags to spread the word about Ash Wednesday. But first, the big news of the week uh, comes from Amit. Amit, what happened? Uh, the big news today is all about net neutrality. It's probably, if you follow the internet or anything related in technology, you'll see that we won the internet. Hooray! Yeah, we won. We did it. We did it. Way to go, internet. Uh, so, Ben, for those that, that don't know what net neutrality is, can you explain uh, just a little bit more about it? Sure. I'm going to try, and, and when I go to get any good explanation about a complex subject, I'm going to go to Reddit and the subreddit explain like I'm five. And let's get the top comment there. It comes from the user Python pool, and it is explained as follows. The basic principle of net neutrality is that access to all websites and web services should be equal, and that anyone can start their own website or service and make it accessible to anyone with internet access, just like any other website or service. So without net neutrality, uh, your ISP could block whatever websites it doesn't want you to access, and it could also charge you a fee to more of this. So uh, this is a big thing moving on there. That's a basic nutshell of how it works. And with that, with the new ruling, there's prohibitions on site and app blocking, speed throttling, and then paid fast lanes. So basically what that means is uh, the big story was really around Netflix. Netflix really started this whole thing with uh, a lot of people streaming House of Cards and Orange is the New Black, um, and they were using up a lot of bandwidth. And um, Comcast and a lot of the ISPs were basically saying, hey, Netflix are using way too much bandwidth for all of your shows, and uh, they were going to charge them a premium um, to use their services. And now this is basically saying any corporation, any company that's using internet um, speeds everything is basically exactly the same. So it really helps startups um, to take to, to use the internet in a, in a great way. Yep. What I loved about it too is that the movement that, that this kind of felt like, right? We see a lot of these social movements about the internet getting behind something. Uh, but this was one, I remember when I would post stuff, I was very, very much an advocate on this. And I would post stuff and I would get, you know, interesting messages from some of my mom's friends being like, oh, can you explain this to me? Why is this so important? And it really felt like a good uh, Internet movement where we all got together on it and were able to, to get, um, you know, the laws really, really um, going in the right direction. Yeah. Finally, something that that Congress did um, that's really benefiting consumers and, and it's really a, a real big win for the Internet at large. Um, Next up is uh, really all about Facebook photos. And um, Ben, why don't you take us through that? Sure. So this was an interesting post. Uh, first saw it on marketingland.com. And this was data from the company's social bakers. What they did, they took a look at 670,000 brand posts across 4,500 pages. And for years, uh, we were taught and we, we were always held up that conventional wisdom said, you should use photos if you want to reach your fans right? Or the people who like your page. We're in a world of ever declining organic reach and we've seen all the coverage on that. Uh, but they saw something interesting. They took a look at the four different types of posts a page can make, video, text, link, and photos. And they saw that organic reach, that free reach of your fans is actually the lowest for photo pages. Coming in at number one uh, was video. 
Video gets about 8.71% of organic reach. Text posts, just a very, very simple text post, were about 5.7%. Links came in at about 5.3%. There was some other interesting data they found on there. They looked back to 2013, uh, saw about what percent of page posts were promoted. 2013, it was about 9% of page posts were promoted, but in the fourth quarter of this year, that total nearly doubled to 17%. So people are promoting photo posts at about the 17% rate, but, but what's interesting is when they go to promote a video post, that actually goes up to about uh, 27%. Probably because they spend so much money on actually creating yeah. a video. Yeah. You know, they got to make sure people see it, yeah. right? Don't build it and they, they will come. Um, why do you think this change was made, right? With photos, they're engaging, they're fun. We always hear pictures say a thousand words. Why, why was this change made? Uh, it, you know, I think one reason could be the autoplay feature yeah. for Facebook videos. Yeah. I mean, so it's probably uh, inflating that statistic a bit just since people are scrolling through their news feeds, you know, the videos are going to play, it's going to drive up um, engagement on on those videos. Um, but it probably is, is also partly to do with what brands have been doing. And, you know, once they saw, hey, photos get great engagement, you know, you saw every brand page um, producing, you know, high quality photos, medium quality, and really low quality photos as well, just to try to get that engagement. So, yeah. you know, really it's about generating that authentic conversation yeah. in a variety of mediums, I think. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm constantly <laughs> thinking of how do we take this data and use it to our advantage. You know, photo posts are still great, right? They can convey so much in there. We can make them really engaging, fun. You know, a lot of the work we do is making them fun to engage with, but what are ways we can kind of use this to our advantage? How can, we, how can we think a little bit differently about it? I think I think one way that we could do it is something that we talked about on the last episode, yeah. um, Cinemagraphs. Love Cinemagraphs. Yeah, Cinemagraphs are so cool. And, you know, it could be a way, it, it's a way to blend photos and videos, but you're still using the video capability within Facebook. Yeah. Um, I don't what know, what do you think? I, you know, the, it is so much easier, I think, it's so much easier to write a text post than it is to, <laughs> to sit and take the time and go through all the creative revisions on, on a photo post. And if those are showing up more often and still only reaching 5% of your fans, you could probably double down on text posts and create a whole bunch more of them uh, to get them out there and, and reaching more people to go on that. I'm just glad link posts are not at 0% because <laughs> links are important yeah. and uh, they drive a lot of traffic to people's websites. Yeah. And I did. I'm glad to see that it's at least, you know, uh, relatively close to the other ones as well. Good traffic, too. Good traffic, too. Exactly. So thinking about Facebook and thinking about all the stuff uh, that they did, they live and die on that algorithm. And that algorithm is what helps them make money. And there was an interesting movement uh, in the patent space about Facebook and how they're thinking about reaching influencers. What was that story, Matt? Yeah, uh, TechCrunch came out with this story a, a couple of days ago, and it was an interesting way that Facebook developed a patent and they submitted it in 2011 on a way to identify who's an influencer. Four and years who's ago, not. they yeah. developed this. Four years. Well, it takes a long time to get anything through. Sure. <laughs> what was I doing on Facebook four years ago? Uh, <laughs> probably like just starting our social media careers. <laughs> um, so, what they're doing on on Facebook and what this patent is really all about it's it's identifying not just who has the biggest social reach, um, but it's identifying who are the catalysts of the people that spark people to share content. Ah. So, you know, you and I, we may have a million followers, right? But if 
um, they're really shallow connections yeah. versus somebody maybe like uh, like Oprah, for example, has very deep connections. Things that she shares, she's a catalyst. She can spark a movement where you know there's millions and millions of people sharing content that she shares initially. Yeah, this is. I mean, you see so many people. I guess I see it a lot in Twitter. Where like, oh, I have hundreds of thousands of followers, and then you look at the people that they're following, and you can clearly see it's about the same number. It's a follow, follow <laughs> black strategy, and it's a disadvantage. That, that's not an influencer if you're just trading followers in order to do it. So this is fascinating uh, to kind of go with the people whose followers shared the content, uh, content the most. So basically, what Facebook is going to do with this patent, it's you know. They usually don't monetize their patents this quickly, but this one, you know, they could monetize it really fast, yeah, you know, where they could they could charge a premium. You could target specific influencers that, you know, you know are going to share your content um, and are, are truly influential in their space, and then they're going to charge a premium to hit those people. You could get so niche on this, yeah. right? Like, you, you, if you had that perfect person who was able to share... Um, you know, crafting and scrapbooking things in Iowa, you can identify them so very specifically and, and know that they are the people that get uh, their followers to spark and share conversation. So, you know, why is this different than what Google or Yahoo or Microsoft yeah, is doing? Well, with Google, they're looking for volumes of connections. They're looking for the number of people that, that you're connected to, thinking that it's all about that size of network that, that you have uh, coming off there. Yahoo is looking at how influential someone's own followers are, and Microsoft is trying to assemble influencers with an unduplicated audience, so like a breadth, a breadth of audience that, that goes on there. So it's very, very different because Facebook is kind of betting the farm, uh, at least with this patent, on being able to do, uh, being able to say that it's those people who create shares. And I, I, gosh, I would love to see what data they have to support this because they, they know, right, that that the certain people can put can put content out there and just get people to act and get people to participate it uh that goes really really yeah i mean it it almost goes the the value of one impression versus another impression uh you know the the value of that influencer is so much more uh, and then now they're able to charge for it basically um youtube also made some big news uh, earlier this week. What did they talk about? Yeah, YouTube, YouTube was interesting. They made a move against something that I think is very common. They, they moved against brand-sponsored videos. So this is something where a, a company would pay an influencer to do a brand-sponsored video and put, put a title card up there that kind of shows you know, the brand logo up there for a while. Um, so this is, a, this is something that was quietly amended. Uh, and this was the, the wording from the YouTube site. We allow text-only title cards where there is paid product placement for the purpose of paid product disclosure only. Graphical title cards, including the use of sponsor logos and product branding, are prohibited unless there is a full Google Media buyout on the partner content by the sponsor. Uh, and you can contact your partner manager, manager for information. So this was interesting. They're basically saying unless you're going to pay uh, to advertise this video, what you're kind of do is taking money out of Google's, Google and YouTube's po- uh, pocket. So uh, you can see how, how this might uh, really hurt somebody like PewDiePie, everybody's favorite, uh, everybody's <laughs> favorite video game streamer. Uh, who, who can go and take these things up. Uh, but you saw something today, Amit, about YouTube and, and how they're thinking about enforcing this because it seems like it could be a pretty big deal. Yeah, uh, you know, regulation and, and the regulations that YouTube is changing, um, you know, regulation doesn't really mean much if they're not enforcing it. Yep. And and this was something that Digiday was 
uh, reporting on that um, they're not seeing that YouTube is really enforcing this huh. uh, unless they receive a direct complaint yeah. um, from from either users or um, you know or or the content producer sure. didn't flag yeah. something correctly because yeah. now there's a change where the the content producer has to flag that hey this is a promotional yep. post yeah. so if those two don't you know line up yeah. that's when YouTube is probably going to come after you it'll be interesting to see um, you know the the first couple of videos that that YouTube actually goes after and and you know what their response is yeah um, I think it's an interesting larger trend again about you know these social media platforms and you know the the rise of the walled garden mm -hmm. per se you know you saw with niche you know seeing that Twitter you know wanted to monetize on you know a, a third-party platform yeah. Pinterest is making a similar type of a transaction with um, you know, preventing people from making money off of affiliate links. Yep. Um, and now YouTube is doing something similar where, you know, people that have figured out how to monetize content yep. on their platforms, now the, the, the platforms themselves want a piece of that action. Yep. Yep. Yeah, instead of just paying them for running ads over top of it, yeah, which is super interesting. If only there were a training on, on all of this, if only there were an easy way for, <laughs> for us to figure this out. And it was Salisbury, the Adweek reports this thing uh, where they said there is a, they did a, they found the ultimate gold mine of Facebook marketing training. So they did a really clever Google hack. They found that, uh, or, uh, where, that people were posting from the site fbrep.com, fbrep.com. And if you do a Google search just for that site, site colon fbrep.com, you end up getting a treasure trove of marketing guides and trainings. Uh, I did this quick search. I found about 3,100 results uh, that were going on there. Here are the top five that I, that I thought were the most interesting ones that uh, you could think Google thought were the most interesting of this. Page post best practices, new metrics for your videos. Three was the Facebook ads product guide. Four was the Facebook campaign structure best practices. And five was direct response marketing on Facebook. So there is a absolute treasure trove on there. If you're looking for something very specific, what you can kind of uh, easily do is do a search on site colon fbrep.com and then put whatever search term you're doing for. That will return results from fbrep.com. And there's just some amazing high quality um, uh, content in there that, that is produced by, by Facebook. Why do you think Facebook didn't kind of protect that? <laughs> Did they, it's funny, isn't it? Like one would think that they could have easily, their, their Facebook, they could lock it down with it with a password pretty easily. Uh, but you know, they got all the reps out in the field wanting to do stuff. And I'm sure, you know, whenever I have somebody come in and give me a training, I want that deck and I want that deck <laughs> right away. So leaving it kind of public on there uh, works works really well. So it's just easy how, it's funny how Google was able to just find it and archive it um, with all these things that are going out there. But it's, it, yeah, it's an absolute treasure trove. Uh, of Facebook marketing training uh, that, that goes out there. Awesome. Great. So moving on to quick hits. Uh, a couple interesting things coming up here. Um, the first is around uh, what's coming up next week with Apple uh, and their watch event. Yeah. We've get, long been waiting for Get your countdown clocks ready. Uh, the, the Apple watch is finally coming. I know we've heard a lot of rumors about it. Uh, it is the, the event that was just sent to, um, to the press is happening on March 9th. 
just in time for my birthday, Ben. Drum roll. We can... <laughs> right, so just in time for your birthday. I will, I'll be looking at that. It was the $6,500 Rolls Gold one. I think, I think you're registered for that. Maybe we will find that one. Um, yes, the Apple Watch, is, it's going to be great. Um, I have my Moto 360. I How do you like it? I love it. I absolutely it, – it's so – you know, it's, I, I've been trying to hook it up, you know, to get the full uh, calendar functionality out of it. But it is so nice. You know, I can't emphasize this enough to be able to not have to take out your phone, unlock the screen, check a text message. There's so many times where I'll just, you know, my wife will text me and I'll be able to just respond to her right away. And bam, bam, it's done. Uh, it is so ridiculously convenient. How long does your battery last on that? It's been good. It was funny because the first, you know, usually the first day or two of your device is when you have that peak battery life. And you're like, this is going to last forever, <laughs> constantly be at 80% for the whole day. And it was actually the reverse for this, because the first day you're like constantly looking at it, trying to find that optimal watch face that is the most funny and most unique for your personality. Uh, I've had it go on a normal days of use. I can get a full two days out of it if I okay. forget to charge it. Um, when I'm doing, like if I take it to the gym and I'm having to count my steps, which it, it's insane how your behavior changes when you have this thing, you know, <laughs> tracking your steps, just like, you know, a Fitbit or anything else. But the, the fact that this is on there talking to me, I, you know, I've intentionally walked to farther away uh, L stops here in Chicago to, to make sure that I get my extra <laughs> bit of steps. And, um, but I love it just for that, that light little, uh, just that ambient communication that's always kind of there for me. But at the end of the day, a watch is a fashion device, right? And what does Apple do? With devices better than anyone else. They make them look hot. They make them look cool. <laughs> they, this is I'm dying to see how these come in like that because they could be the ones. You know, my Moto 360 is nice. It's that perfect, uh, perfect circle face on it. Uh, are you gonna get one now that, that I've just sat here and sold it? Uh, to <laughs> you gonna get one? I mean, at at a three hundred and fifty dollar price point, and that's it's kind cheap. of the that's the that's the entry model. Yeah. I think. Um, I think the battery life is a is a deal breaker for yeah. me. I read that the battery life is even less than like eight hours. That's and for a watch, you know, it's got to last at least a day. Yeah. You know, yeah. I would love it if optimally this watch would last like a week on yeah. one battery. Yeah. So maybe let's see. Let's see what they actually talk yeah. about on March 9th. Maybe Gen 2 or Gen 3. But yeah. I'm definitely interested yeah. in it. Yeah, very cool. Um Something that, that Facebook is doing um, for their Facebook awards. Uh, tell yep. us a little bit about sure. that. So coming up, uh, alert. If you have done some of the most amazing creative work on Facebook, uh, Facebook Studio, which is at facebook-studio.com. This is the place where they feature what the uh, best advertisers uh, and creatives are doing on Facebook. Uh, their deadline for their Facebook awards, where you can win the blue, the coveted blue or gold, silver, or bronze prize. They're accepting uh, applications across, it looks like, five categories. These are due April 1st, so start getting it together. Uh, those categories are integrated campaigns, uh, social technology, uh, media strategy, Facebook for good, and new frontiers. And these are going to be judged and chosen by some of the top creatives in the industry. What's nice is that you get featured as that top piece of creative for your, for your specific individual category. So going on right now, uh, your, your programs are due April 1st, so get out there write a killer entry and get it submitted by April 1st. So moving on to end up the show, let's talk about some of the most amazing internet, the fun stuff that we could find this week. Amit, what was it that you saw on the internet this week that you absolutely loved? Well, tomorrow is a big day. Um, House of, it's Friday, <laughs> beyond Friday. Yes. Um, it is the premiere of House of Cards 
on Netflix. I gotta and watch this show. You do not I watch this show. Um, yeah, it's, 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 it's one you got to watch. It's one you got to watch. Should I start watch. tomorrow? Should I go back in time? If you can. I mean, the nice thing that Netflix allows you to do is binge watch the yeah. entire thing. Yeah. So they're releasing Great. the entire season on one day. So, so if you see my out of office next week, guys, this is this <laughs> I mean, binge watching. So, you know, Frank Underwood is is now president. Um, and Mashable has a series of House of Cards presidential photos that were inspired by famous <laughs> presidential slogans. So you got Frank and Claire in all these amazing yeah. uh, posters, you know, ranging from Obama to Dwight Eisenhower. They're really great. I think the one um, that's my favorite is actually Claire Underwood, Frank's wife. And they're giving a, a not so subtle nod to Hillary running in 2016. Uh, maybe some foreshadowing even uh, of what's to come on the show. So something that was really cool, really interesting to see. That's on Mashable.com. We'll have the link in the in the in the story. Where's the other thing I found that Mashable surfaced this week? I thought was absolutely hilarious. This was on Ash Wednesday. It was priests using the hashtag hashtag uh, with an H. So this was. Priest taking a whole bunch of selfies um, on Ash Wednesday with, with ashes across their forehead. And it was hilarious. Like, it was just, they were getting into it. They were so engaged. It's, you know, a, a side of these people you don't normally get to see. And it was, it was so, like, you could just see the energy and the smiles in these people pulse. And the reason why I loved it so much is we live in a world of overly promotional hashtags, right? Everybody's throwing something <laughs> on there to kind of do it. This was just so genuine, so fun. It was just so neat to see out there. Uh, so it was one of the funniest things on there. That was on Mashable. We'll put the we'll put the links in the show notes to go on there. So that wraps it up for the week. Uh, thank you, everybody. Uh, coming up next time, we'll we'll talk about more tech news as well as the funnest stuff we can find. We hope you enjoyed the show.